I've been touching on the book of Thessalonians and we have had a long break. Everybody say long break. Yeah, longer than the Deepavali holiday. Yeah. You know, it's been a long break because of the missions month and all that. And, uh, and now, let me bring you back to Thessalonians. All right? Uh, a, pe- a people of hope. All right? This is a year of hope and we have been talking about hope. Faith, hope and love, chapter 1. Contagious hope, chapter 1. Contagious Christians, chapter 1. And not a failure, chapter 2. And that community of home in chapter 2 and chapter 3 talks about triumph over trials. Sorry, trials are not thrills. Huh? All right, triumph over trials and temptations. And the last session on chapter 4, verse 1 to 12, we talk about wanting more from the Lord. And today, continuing on in chapter 4, is one of the most interesting, powerful passages in the Scripture. You do not want to miss it at all. A lot of the teaching is found in the, uh, on this subject is found in this passage of Scripture. And a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of misconception, a lot of errors and heresy also arise from this Scripture and from this topic. What am I talking about? We are talking about the blessed hope. Everybody say blessed hope. This is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to verse 18. And these few verses of Scripture give us a detailed description of what's going to happen in what we call the blessed hope. It is actually a chronology of events. So clear, so powerful, so challenging. And so that's why we are going to talk about this morning on one of the most look-for event that's going to happen. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. Shall we stand together for the reading of God's Word? Let's read together. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. May God add blessings to His Word. Thank, thank you. Please be seated. The blessed hope, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what the early church was really looking forward to. When you read the, about the early church in the New Testament, they live with the expectation that Jesus Christ is going to come any day, any time in their lifetime. So it is with this kind of a hope that they preach the gospel, that they live their life, everything that they do, what they talk about, how they live their lives is governed by this one fact that Jesus Christ is coming again very soon. And that was what Paul told the Thessalonian believers. That was what Paul taught the Thessalonian believers within the three weeks that he was there with them. And after that, he had to leave the city. And then a lot of uh, concern came in. After one year, you know, nothing has yet happened. Jesus Christ has not yet returned. And some of the believers have died. 
And there were false teaching that were creeping in concerning the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that is why Paul had to address that issue about the coming of the Lord and what's going to take place. And that is why we have this passage of Scripture. Because the believers there were getting confused. They were, they were, they were concerned about what was happening. So this teaching is very important. Now, in 1995, Tim LaHaye wrote a book called Left Behind. Man, you know, it really stirred up a lot of interest among the Christians. And since that day, you find that uh, even, even, even before that, you know, in the 70s, when I grew up as a Christian, you know, there were so many, mo- there were many movies, Christian movies that talk about the second coming of the Lord. And when I became a Christian, I was all caught up with the second coming of the Lord. And I believed that He was going to come anytime during my lifetime. I even made a collection of the file with all the latest current event. And that was in the 70s. And I used to carry that file and share with others about the second coming of the Lord and what the Bible says about it. I don't have that file anymore because all those, all those happenings were kind of outdated already. New things are happening already. It's been about 40 years, my friends. Jesus Christ has not yet come, but He's going to come any day, any time. Turn to your neighbor and say, any day, any time. Amen. So looking for that blessed hope. What is this blessed hope? It is the resurrection of those who have fallen asleep in Christ. Their translation together with those who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. It is that imminent and blessed hope of the church. And what's going to happen? What's the chronology of events? There are four things that are going to happen. Now, I don't have all the answers. And some of you may disagree concerning what's going to happen. Some of the things, the scriptures are very clear. But others may interpret differently. And that's why sometimes there's a lot of confusion concerning this return of Christ or second coming or the blessed hope or parousia or whatever you call it. But the intention of the scripture is not to confuse us. There are so many false teaching and preaching out there. Some say Jesus has already come even. So what are we talking about? The blessed hope. So this is not to turn us off. Now when we talk about the second coming of the Lord or the blessed hope, some are immediately turned off because this is not a, not, this is not a popular topic. We would rather talk about the blessings of the Lord, the favor of the Lord, how God wants to bless and prosper us in this time, you know, uh, uh, in this life on earth. We don't want to talk about a future event. But I pray that you will not be turned off, but rather you will be turned on by the blessed hope. Four things will happen. The first one is the return of the king. Now, this is not a movie, okay? The return of the king, the real king, the king of kings and the lord of lords. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Chapter 4, verse 16. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. That's, the, that's what the Scripture says. The second coming of Christ is mentioned 318 times in the New Testament. Somebody have said that the Bible is basically a book of prophecy. There was almost close to 100 prophecies concerning the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
but the, there are more mention about the second coming than the first coming. And if the, if the first coming, every single prophecies of the first coming have come to pass, how much more prophecies concerning the second coming? The Old Testament from Genesis preach Jesus Christ is coming. This, the Gospels preach, preach that Jesus Christ is here. And then the rest of the New Testament, from Romans onward until Revelation, or as until Revelation, basically is talking about the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again. And as we have mentioned, every chapter in the book of 1 Thessalonians contains a reference to the return of Christ at the end of the chapter. So it is exciting, it is a fact. Now the word coming of the Lord, all right, comes from the term, the Greek term, parousia. Parousia. It means coming of the Lord. But the word parousia can mean two things. It can mean the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ before what is known as the seven-year tribulation. But it can also refer to the coming of the Lord at the end of the seven-year period. So how do you know which one the Bible is talking about? You have to check the context. All right, so it can, it can refer to both. In fact, it does refer to both. So do not be confused about this thing. Perusia just talks about the presence of God or the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, our church is basically very much oriented towards the coming of the Lord. We call this place Maranatha. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And then the other hall, we call it what hall? Perusia, all right? It is also referring to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Perusia. The seven major future events that's going to take place. First of all, of course, this is uh, the parousia or the rapture. We'll come back to this, all right, the first one. And then after that, there will be the judgment seat. In the meantime, on earth, there will be the seven-year tribulation. And then there is the second coming of the Lord. So this one is termed parousia. This one is also parousia. This one before the seven-year tribulation. This one at the end of the seven-year tribulation. And then there will be the uh, millennium, all right? The millennium, the 1,000-year rule of Christ. And uh, that's where it will be, uh, the millennium. Then there will be the great white throne judgment where all the dead, you know, including all, all, all the unbelieving dead will be raised up and there will be the great white throne judgment and everybody will be judged and then followed by the new heaven and the new earth. But look at what the scripture says concerning the parousia of the Lord. He says, The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an angel, and with the trumpet of God. Who is coming? The Lord himself. The emphasis there is himself. That means he's not sending somebody else. He's not sending an agent to do his work. He's not sending an, uh, an ambassador, an emissary to do his work. He himself, Jesus Christ himself will come. It's not somebody else. He's not sending an angel. But this Jesus will come. He will where, he, what, uh, where will he come from? He will descend from heaven. He will descend from heaven. That means he will come in the clouds. He will descend from heaven. Now that is very important because in the book of Acts, you remember, in the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, the believers were there and they saw Jesus Christ ascending unto heaven. And they were so shocked and surprised. And then the angel, when, when, when Jesus has disappeared from their sight, an angel just asked them, what are you all doing? Looking up into heaven in that manner. And the angel says in Acts chapter 1 verse 11, this same Jesus 
same Jesus that you saw ascend into heaven, he will descend from heaven in like manner. In the same way that you see him ascend to heaven, in like manner, he will come. It's already there in the Bible. It's prophesied. And so you find that here Paul says he will descend from heaven. Now, this is very important because there are some people who go around teaching that Jesus has already come in the spirit. So spiritually, Jesus has come already. What are you all doing looking for the return of Christ again? Now, that is wrong because the Bible says this same Jesus He's not going to come in the spirit, but we are going to see him. And he will come with a shout. With a shout. Now, some other version says with a loud shout. The word loud is not in the original, but he, was, he will come with a shout. And this shout here is not just like my voice shouting. But this voice is not talking about volume, all right? Not volume, but rather the authoritative shout, the military shout, the commanding shout, the same shout that the people heard when Jesus shouted and said, Lazarus, come forth. It is a commanding shout, authoritative with the voice of the archangel. In the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ was born, it was announced by an archangel, Gabriel. But the second coming of the Lord will be announced not by Gabriel, but most likely by Michael. In Jude, in Jude verse 9, Ma Archangel Michael will have the honor of announcing the arrival of the king and with the trumpet of God. Yes, the trumpet of God has been used in the Bible. In the Old Testament, all right, it is used to rally the people of God together, to announce certain important gathering days or to announce the victory of the Lord. And that's how Christ is going to return. So detailed, actually. All right, so very detailed. So the promise is, he will return. A Sunday school teacher was showing the movie or video of the death and of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the children were so transfixed watching the event, and Jesus Christ died. He was crucified, and then he was buried in the tomb. And one little kid who knew how the story ends quickly jumped up and said, don't worry, he will be back. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah. In the words of the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. And Jesus says, he will be back. And that's the assurance, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a sure event. It is a certain event. The second thing that will happen in the blessed hope is the resurrection of dead believers. Resurrection. There will be a resurrection of dead believers. For if we believe, and this is our hope, church, if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, it is not just something that happened to Jesus Christ and no relationship to the world. No. If we believe that, then you also know that God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you, we are by no means precede those who are asleep, and that verse says in verse 16, and the dead in Christ will rise first. All these verses talk about, in fact, in these three verses, you find that the word sleep is used. The word sleep is used, talking about the resurrection of dead believers. 
Now, when Christian dies, when Christians die, what happens to them? That has been the troubling question, isn't it? Now, what happened in the Thessalonian church is that, yeah, Paul taught them that Jesus Christ is going to come any day. And they leave with that kind of expectation. But after some time passed, their loved ones die. And Jesus Christ has not yet returned. So they were concerned, what happens to our loved one? Did they, have they missed the return of the Lord Jesus? They were very concerned about their departed dead ones. What happens to them? And Paul here tells us, and in other passages of Scripture, what happens to Christians when they die? Death is only a gateway into the presence of God. We all know that. But here, it reinforces the saints who die in Christ are asleep. Alright, they are only sleeping. And that's the term that the Bible uses to talk about Christians when they die or when they depart. In fact, they, no, the Bible does not use the word die or dead in referring to Christians. But referring to Christians who depart, the word sleep is commonly used. Why sleep? How many of you love to sleep? Come on, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. So sleep is not something that we are fearful about. Sleep is natural, and the same word is used. It's, you know, talking about the natural sleep. And it is something that is restful, refreshing. When you are tired, you look forward to sleeping, taking a nap, or at night, you know, to a restful sleep at night. And so the word sleep is very, very appropriate to talk about the fact that when Christians depart, they go into a sleep. Sleep is something that's welcoming and refreshing, and also sleep is temporary. You sleep for a few hours, you wake up, wow, you're feeling fresh, strengthened, and that's what happens. That's why for the Christians, we never say goodbye. We only say good night. Amen. Good night. I will see you in the morning. I will see you in the morning. It's a never, it's only something that's temporary. But for the non-believers, the word death is used. But not for the believers. So what happens? The same sleep. It is the body that goes into the sleeping mode. But what happens to the spirit? The moment that a Christian dies, the spirit moves immediately into the presence of God. There are many, many scripture references. All right. Remember Stephen? When he was stoned to death, he immediately said, Father, into die, you know, you know, receive my spirit. Jesus, you know, hanging on the cross, Father, into thy hand, I commit my spirit. All right? And Paul says in Philippians 1.21, to be absent from the body, the body is sleeping, yes, but it means to be present with the Lord immediately. Now, it is the body that sleeps, but the spirit does not sleep. The spirit goes, is ushered into the presence of God. Now, again, there is another branch, you know, uh, of faith that says that talks about the soul that sleeps. No, no, the soul doesn't sleep. It is only the body that is resting, waiting for that day of resurrection. But the spirit is with the Lord. So the body sleeps in the grave, but the spirit lives with the Lord. And that is the hope of Christians. Very, very unique, but very, you know, this is the teaching of the Bible. This is the hope of the believers. And so for those of you who have lost your loved ones, 
you have seen the body been lowered into the ground or been pushed to be crem- uh, 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 into the place of cremation. It is only the body that is sleeping. But the spirit is with the Lord. You can rest assured that the person, the spirit is with the Lord. That's what happens. And the promise of the scripture is the dead in Christ will rise first. Rise, cause him to be awakened from sleep. Resurrect, revive. When there is a shout, when there is a shout, a commanding shout, and the sound of a trumpet, the bodies of dead believers will come out of their graves and will be reunited with their spirits. And this is what is going to happen. The person may have died 1,000 years ago. The person may have died, gone to be with the presence of the Lord just yesterday. But at the sound of the trumpet, all the dead in Christ, in Christ, will rise up with a new body. It does not matter whether the person has been beheaded by ISIS, blown up by C4, <laughs> your love, huh? <laughs> It does not matter whether there has been a plane crash or an accident or whether it be by due to old age. It does not matter whether the person died because of cancer or heart problem. It does not matter whether he was just a 10-year-old kid or a 100-year-old person. Friends, all will rise up. All will rise up in a new body. The spirit and the body will be reunited. And the body is a glorified body, the same body as our Lord Jesus Christ when He rose from the dead. No more pain. No more knee problem. No more aching, back ache, neck ache, everywhere aching. No more. New glorified body. And again, it's all from the scripture. What a glorious hope that we have. Alexander McLaren says, We are not looking for the undertaker but the upper taker. We are not looking for a cleavage. We are looking for a cleavage in the sky, a hole in the sky, not that hole in the ground. That's what we are looking for. You see, when Jesus Christ, this kind of resurrection has taken place even at the death of Jesus Christ. The saints rose up from the grave. Now, you say, how, how, how is this possible? We don't know how it's going to take place. But when you are at the airport, you look at the big plane there and you wonder, how is the plane going to fly? It's so heavy. Everything goes up, must come down. But planes do fly, isn't it? Planes can fly. Such a heavy load, but they fly. And so the body, hey, decomposed already, eaten up by the shark already, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, become... Chemically decomposed, suck up or, 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 as food even by the plants and all that. How is it going to happen? Leave that to God, okay? Leave that to God. Even if it is just a piece of ash, they say that even if it is just a piece of your hair, they can tell you about from the DNA and they can do all kinds of things nowadays, scientists. How much more God? He can bring back the body together. All it takes is just a speck of dust and He can give you a new body from that. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's what we all are going to experience. But I pray that I'm not just going to have a resurrection because there's something even better for those of us who are alive. 
But the Bible says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. They are sleeping. So all those of you who have lost that loved one of yours, do not be grieved, as do the rest who have no hope. A Christian was trying to comfort another believer whose wife has just departed and said, I'm so sorry for your loss. But the husband quickly replied, I haven't lost anything. When you lose something, that means you cannot find it, right? Because you don't know where it is. That's what you mean by loss. Loss means you cannot find, you don't know where it is but I know, where my, my, I know where my wife is, so I have not lost her. Amen. We know when Christians die, what happens to them. Their body may be in the grave or cremated in ashes, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, but the spirit returns to God and is in the presence of Almighty God. And if you know that, then you have not lost your loved ones at all. You know where they are. The third thing that will happen is the rapture of believers. The rapture of believers. There will be a catching away of living believers. Just now we talk about dead believers, those of, who have died, who have preceded us. But we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now, here is where the word rapture comes in. Rapture sometimes refers to the second coming of the Lord, but actually, strictly speaking, it refers to the believers. All right? Rapture comes from, comes from the Latin word rapio or rapto, you know, and uh, it is translated from the Greek word hapizo, which means caught up, snatch up, catch away, by force, speedily, pluck up, move to a new place. That's what rapture really means. And so, in this sense, it refers, all right, there are many references to read. We don't have the time to refer to all of these. But you find that uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 and 52 also tells us this. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. All right, there'll be those who will go into a sleep when they depart from this uh, present world. All right, they sleep. But not all of us will sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, again, the trumpet of God. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So here talking about the dead in Christ and those who are alive. And those who are alive in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. How fast is a twinkling of an eye? Everybody twinkle. Done. All right? It is estimated that we, we, in the twinkling of our eye, you know, it takes just about one over 50th, 50, one over 50th second. Not even one second, one over 50th second in the twinkling of an eye. It all happens. The rapture will take place and we shall all be changed. The dead in Christ that we talk about, they shall be given an... <coughs> They shall be raised from the dead. They shall have a new glorified body. And we who are alive, okay, the dead will experience a resurrection, but we who are alive will experience a rapture. And we will be caught up, seized away by force, a force greater than gravity itself. And we will be translated. We shall all be changed. And we will put off this body and in the twinkling of an eye, we will have that glorified body of the Lord. That's called the rapture. Caught up in the clouds. Raptured in the body. Instantly transformed into the glorified body of our Lord. Oh, hallelujah. That's why I pray that I will not be resurrected. I pray that I will be raptured. Hallelujah. That is a prayer. That is the hope of every living saint. That with our own eyes, all right, we shall see the coming of the Lord and it will happen 
in our lifetime. <clears throat> Got raptured. Left clothes behind, took wallet. That's just a joke, okay? <laughs> you cannot take your wallet, you cannot take money, you cannot take anything with you at all. Alright, anyway, we don't need all that. What are you going to use your wallet there for? Alright, your money. No, that's not the currency of heaven. But the rapture, where suddenly in the twinkling of an eye, millions will be missing. It will take place. So sleeping saints will rise up, resurrected. Living saints will be caught up, raptured. And we shall all be changed. Glory to God. Now there is a difference between the second coming or, and the rapture. Rapture or parousia. As they say, parousia can refer to both, alright? But in this case, when we talk about rapture, alright, you find that it's when Jesus Christ comes for His church. He comes for His church, His bride. He will descend from heaven and literally rapture or snatch away believers of the face of the earth, leaving the unsafe behind. But the second coming, strictly speaking, the word second coming, is when Jesus Christ comes with His church. Right, the church of, of Christ, after the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven, Jesus Christ will come with His church and He will set up His millennial rule on earth. And this is what will happen. Overview of the end times. All right, Jesus Christ will come in the clouds. The saints, all right, the dead in Christ will rise up and those who are alive and remain will be raptured. And we are, there's a meeting place up there in the clouds. Alright, we'll be meeting even up there. And then after they're taken into heaven, there will, and there will be seven years of tribulation, judgment seat of Christ, you know, where we will receive rewards. There is the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then Jesus Christ will come. And this time, with His saints. Here, He comes for the church. And here, He comes with His saints. And the second coming of the Lord. And there will be Armageddon. And there will be the millennial reign of Christ. So sometimes we get confused. Hey, you know, you know, this second coming here and the rapture here. All right, but here, Jesus Christ, His feet does not even touch the earth. He just comes for His bride. For His bride, the church. And then He will come with the church to set up His millennial rule. And here is where some, some Christians disagree or there are differences of opinion, all right? And I won't, I won't go into the argument of it, but just to let you know, there is the major views of the timing of the rapture. There is a pre-tribulation, the rapture of the church, the second coming of Christ. That means the church will not go through the tribulation. There will be the millennium and so on and so forth. But there is a mid-tribulation. That means... The <coughs> Jesus Christ will come and there will be the rapture of the church. But there will be just a three and a half years, seven years tribulation, but there will be just uh, 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 in the middle of the tribulation, you know, there will be, sorry, the church will go through the tribulation for three and a half years and then after that there will be the rapture and then at the end of it, seven year rule, you know, Christ will come with His church. But the third view is post-tribulation. That means the church will go through the tribulation. The church will go through the tribulation for seven years and then there will be just the second coming of Christ and the rapture. So these are the three views and which is the view that we hold on to? <clears throat> will the church go through the tribulation? We believe in the literal, personal, imminent, pre-tribulation return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means the church will not go through the tribulation. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Aren't you happy? <laughs> Praise God! Now, there are many reasons. There are, there are many arguments for it. The very fact about this Thessalonian passage shows us the two-stage return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then also when you go into Revelation and you study the, the 70 weeks of, uh, of Daniel, all right? So it's not just from the, uh, 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 from the epistles that we get this teaching. You must 
take it with the book of Daniel, the 70 weeks of Daniel, and also the book of Revelation, the very fact that, you know, uh, after the church age, you find that uh, during the tribulation, the church from chapter 4 of the book of Revelation onwards is nowhere mentioned in the book of Revelation. What happens on this planet Earth? The church was absent. That means the church has been taken out from uh, planet Earth already. All right? So uh, I won't go through all of this. Our time is running out. But uh, the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ comes before the tribulation. And that's the good news. All right? And uh, in the book of Thessalonians, it says the God will deliver His church from the wrath to come. What is this wrath to come? It is referring to the tribulation. And it's going to be terrible. You think that we are living in terrible times right now? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse and worse. You know, it's something that the earth has never experienced before. But Christ, the church will be raptured by then. Now the fourth thing that will happen is the reunion of the saints. Reunion of the saints. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them. Who's the them? The dead in Christ. They are already raised up. And, you know, in the twinkling of our eye, it's so fast. All right? And uh, we, we'll be caught up with them in the clouds. So the dead in Christ will rise quickly. We follow. And you don't have to hold on to the legs of the, those who are resurrected. All right? You will have the power of God. You will be raised up. Meet the Lord in the air. That's going to be a reunion, brothers and sisters. A grand reunion. The saints will all be together, caught up together with them. And that is our hope that we have. They will not sleep forever. But there will be a grand reunion, not, only, not, 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 not just up there in heaven, but at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we are there, when Jesus Christ comes, friends, there will be a reunion up in the air. And with great confidence, we preach that because it's in the word of the Lord. I think just two weeks ago, the oldest member in the church Sister Lim Chun Yin, James Pock's mother, went home to be with the Lord just two weeks ago. Oldest member of the church, and how old was she? 103 years old. 103 years old, went home to be with the Lord. She has always held the record of, the old, of being the oldest member in the church. Now, somebody else will be holding that record. I don't know who. Sister Ruth Chong went home to be with the Lord last week as well. And all those loved ones, you miss them, yes. But the Bible promises a grand reunion up in the air. And this is the word of the Lord. We are not going to be separated forever. We are going to recognize one another. You will know who's who, even in that new glorified body. What a great hope we have. It's going to be a glorious meeting. We will meet them up there. We will meet the Lord. We will be with the Lord forever. Forever, we will see Him face to face. And we will know Him as we are known. And so we will be with the Lord forever. This is a climax of the ages. That reunion with our loved one and that meeting with the Lord to be with Him forever and ever. So the question now is, how do we get ready for the blessed hope? What an assurance we have about what is going to take place. But how do we get ready? First and foremost, we must put our hope in His return. There are some, people, some Christians who think that that's not going to happen. All that is on earth is all that's going to be. They live for the planet earth only. 
No, we must put our hope that Jesus Christ is going to come back and He will come back any day, any time. When is He coming back? Next week, I will share with you. As we go into chapter 5. It's there in chapter 5. But He's going to return any day soon. So put our hope in His return. Every time you look up into the sky, don't just count the stars and see the number of money, the amount of money that you are going to get. But look with that hope. He's coming back soon. As Titus says, looking for that blessed hope. We are looking. We are looking. As you read the news, you know, hey, the end times is here already. I'm looking for that blessed hope. We wait for His Son from heaven. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. For yet a little while, and He that shall come will come, and He will not tarry. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37. Revelation 2, 22, 7. Behold, I'm coming quickly. He's coming quickly. I think He's more anxious to come than we are. Because this is what the plan of God has been driving towards. Blessed is He who keeps the words of prophecy of this book. He is definitely coming back. But the Bible also says in, in this passage of Scripture, Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant concerning the coming of the Lord. Concerning the parousia of the Lord, do not be ignorant. Ignorance can be fatal. What you do not know may hurt you. So Paul says, don't be ignorant concerning this subject. If you are ignorant, some people come along and just tell you some stories and you just give up hope. Don't be ignorant concerning the return of Christ, concerning the resurrection, concerning the rapture, concerning the reunion that's going to happen. Ignorant here means uninformed, without knowledge. So all of us now know, all right? Do you know already now? At least a little bit? Amen? Are you clear now? So you are not ignorant considering what's going to take place. We know it already. Even from these brief few verses of Scripture. The other thing is, it says, do not grieve as one without hope. Do not grieve as one without hope like the rest of mankind who have no hope. So when your loved ones... Go home to be with the Lord. Do not grieve as one without hope. Yes, there will be sadness. There will be tears. There will be weeping. It's okay to weep even in Christian funeral because it's human. We experience the grief. So it doesn't mean that we cannot weep in the Christian funeral. But we do not weep as one without hope. We do not grieve as one without hope. And the hope that we are talking about is what we know will take place. That those who die in Christ are only sleeping. Their spirit is with the Lord. One day we shall be reunited whether up in the air or in heaven. That's the hope that we have. We do not grieve without hope. And then verse 18 says, Encourage one another. Encourage one another with these words. The word encourage, you know, some translation use the word comfort. That means admonish. Admonish. Warn one another. There are two meanings to the word encourage or comfort. That means you warn one another. Hey, Jesus Christ is coming back soon. What are you going to do about it? At the same time, it also means strengthen one another. Oh, this is the hope that we have. Whether you have just lost the loved ones, or whether you're even, you know that that day, your days may be coming soon. Or even as a, just as a believer, living for the Lord Jesus Christ in trying days, encourage one another. Just Windows says, the greatest encouragement, the greatest strength that we can ever derive is from the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back soon. That will give us uh, the strength to overcome every discouragement in this world. You know that He is coming soon. So I encourage you, brethren, in this faith. Keep on running the race. 
Keep on, you know, in the faith. Keep on worshiping the Lord, praying to Him. You know, reading the word of the Lord. Jesus Christ is coming. So let's wake up, shape up, and clean up. Jesus is coming. And lastly, in 1 John 2, 28, be not ashamed. And now little children abide in Him that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. The word appear at His coming. All this talk about parousia. You know, again, the word parousia is used and we are not ashamed. So what are you doing right now for heaven's sake? Have you made time for the things of God? Are you giving to the kingdom of God? Are you preaching the gospel? Are you sharing to the more than one billion Hindus and Buddhists and others who do not know Jesus Christ and they do not have this hope at all? When they die, their death is eternal death. Separation from God with no hope. But for us, we know that we shall be raised up. Let's share this hope with them. Let's preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are blessed hope Christians. Somebody say, Amen. We are blessed hope Christians. We have the hope in Christ and the church of Jesus Christ here at Glad Tidings. We are the church of the blessed hope. Maranatha, Perusia, Kairos at the opportune time. Let's rise up and be the church. Titus says, looking for that blessed hope. Friends, it is that blessed hope. Not any other blessed hope. It is that blessed hope that the saints have been talking about, that the saints have been looking forward to. It is that blessed hope. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come. He will not tarry. The rapture, the parousia, is going to happen. Are you ready? May we say, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. So this is our blessed hope. The return, the resurrection, the rapture, and the reunion. What blessed hope we have in Christ. Let's pray.